and welcome back to the Milgrim's Podcast. My name's Archie and joining me this week is Alex, Mark and Chris. Good evening. Evening, Mark. How are we doing? Absolutely fine, Archie. How are you? Yeah, good. Trying to think of another way how to dress up a um, game where we played well and came away with nothing, but I'm actually in a good mood and full of positives. Good to see that, you know, lots of Leeds fans says they're the best team that they've played all season, you know, so <laughs> we're, we're keeping up that. Chris, how are you doing? Yeah, similar. Quite a good mood. But I have shaved off my beard and kept the moustache and my family aren't speaking to me, so they might not be unrelated <laughs> facts. Alex, I owe you, a, owe you an apology. I sniffed at the um, prospect of a false nine. And um, we saw it in operation yesterday, didn't we? Luke Cundall. We did, yeah. It wasn't wasn't the people that we necessarily called it to be. I don't know if anybody suggested it was Cundall through the middle, but no. yeah, we did go with the false nine. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 yeah as I made it clear, I think on the last part, I did not see that coming, or two pods ago when with the injury crisis. I did not see that coming. And, it, and we saw it in effect at Ellen Road, and it, you know, it worked to a certain extent. But that first half, yeah, let's get straight into it. It was um, it was humbling at times, wasn't it? And yeah, Premier League team in waiting. Surely, Mark, our Leeds United. Well, they're going to have to go some to catch up Leicester and Ipswich, but they have the quality to do so. But you know, they're not scoring enough goals. But we're not here to talk about Leeds. We're talking about Argyle. We shot ourselves in the foot again. Two pretty poor defensive mistakes. Um, Cooper kept us in it at 2 0. You know, great save for a crowd of bodies. And then it seemed like we, you know, that goal, we went up the other end. Great pass from Dan, Dan Scar, Cundall across the box. Ben Wayne, who would have fought it? Good mm. finish in the, in the right place at the right time. We were back in the game. And then, you know, it, we were like a new team for the last period of time, you know. But, you know, they were deserved winners. Let's uh, not beat around the bush. No, absolutely. Alex, in that first half, it was um, backs against the wall kind of stuff, on it? And um, I was surprised we went in at 2-0. And we weren't even that bad, to be honest. We weren't, you know, we obviously weren't great, but they were good, weren't they, Leeds? They were they were good and blew us away at times. They were excellent. We were a bit shell-shocked. And I think mm. we knew we were ready for a tough game, but they really just came out and just threw everything at us and showed their class. But you were saying... You weren't sure how to dress this up as a reasonable performance with the same outcome, but there was differences here. There were there were big differences here. Normally, we come out, we play decent football, we play decent stuff, and then we let ourselves down, and we kind of finish with our heads sort of bowed a bit because we think of what could have been, and we think of how well we played and the opportunities we had and mistakes. This was different because we kicked off against an outstanding team for this level who, as you say, I fully suspect if they don't go up in the automatics, they'll be in the playoffs. Whatever happens there is a lottery, as they say, but they'll be up there at the end of the season. And they absolutely pummeled us. We didn't know what to do. We didn't know how to deal with them. And at 2-0, I honestly thought this could be 4-5-6. We looked like they were just going to cut through us every single time. And we learned and we started to figure out how we needed to play against them. We started to understand 
what strengths of ours we needed to really utilize in order to combat this team. And we grew into the game and we, we could have fallen apart. We could have absolutely just crumbled and the floodgates could have opened, but they didn't. And we came back against a team like that, which is such a hard thing to do when they're on the front foot and they've got their foot on our throat and they're going for the kill. Mm. So the way that we managed to turn it around at halftime, credit to Shuey, credit to the players, the fans stuck with the boys because they could see the effort that was going in. I thought it was really, really fantastic to watch. It was incredible to see the spirit and the determination to not, let them roll us over and I finished the game feeling such pride and that's a bit try not to be a bit timpot about it when we play well and lose oh the boys done well we're in a tough division but I think that's one occasion where we really really can actually feel that and think that because they really did that I was so proud and impressed with the way they they managed that to a man yeah, I mean, like Mark said, we don't want to spend too much time on Leeds, but I think we need to add a bit of context. According to TransferMarked, who I feel probably should be a sponsor of this pod with the amount of mentions they get, according to TransferMarked.com, the cost of their squad, or the you know, of all combined players, is $204 million compared to the $22 million Plymouth Argyle. Um, yeah. <laughs> you could buy, it's, our, you it's could buy our whole club. It? You could buy our whole yeah. club from, for, for one of their cost of one of their yeah. forward players we're not talking about yeah. our team i mean everything the lot the stadium everything you know doesn't yeah. even compare yeah well chris then what do you feel was the problem in the first half i mentioned it we played in a relatively new system well at least attacking wise um what do you feel went wrong was it purely mentally or like alex said were we just blown away a bit was it just you know the quality was too much for us what was wrong in the f- first half I don't think it was wrong. I think they were right. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't remember a team in any division that is as relentless as they are. Yeah. And especially the first goal, yeah, it's it, it's a bad mistake, but he got caught because of how quickly they they press and challenge. And some of that comes down to the quality of the players. And the same in the other way, like they're wide players. So Alex's point, you felt at some points they could just take us apart because they are so much better than we are. So tend to look at mistakes in the context of who you're making them against. And yeah. my instant reaction yesterday was oh, another mistake. But in hindsight, watching it back, even after the game, it's like someone just got a foot in at the last minute. That Yeah. Well, there, there were so many points in that first goal with the KKH, um, you know, poor clearance. A point before that with Ruta, how you pronounce his name? A 35 million man. Um, he got out of, out of a body of three Argyle defenders somehow and then got his way, way into the box. And it happened in a second. And that the quality on display there was incredible. And then KKH regained it and then quickly uh, gave, gave, it I, back to him, gave it back to him. But yeah. like you say, Chris, their pressing was... I haven't seen it, to be honest, again, in an Argyle match ever. From memory. Yeah, no. I'd agree with that. And and then to disagree with myself, I do think it took a while to get used to the occasion. There's a little mm-hmm. bit of pizza about it. Like if you've been, I've only been once, but if you've been to Ellen Road when it's noisy, I think it they are yeah. a genuine 12th man. And I do think there was a little bit of this is another level to even the teams of a similar quality. And I yeah. I want to there's, there's a couple of things on that. Most people, well, I say most people have seen it. 
maybe people haven't, but before the game, there was a picture of Simon in the pub with a group of Leeds fans, a group of our fans, sorry. And then during the game, I adored the fact that they found one of our fans had chinos and invented six or seven songs about it. Like that to me is what is great about football. Like it, it was an occasion, not in the, it was our cup final, but there's a, there a club with a bit of soul. I'll always have a bit of a terrible soft spot for Leeds. And I think there's something to say about as an occasion yesterday, after 20 to 30 minutes, we did get our head around it. It wasn't Bolton, right? We didn't just roll over. Mm-hmm. We we learned and we improved. And by the end of it, they were blowing for the whistle. The last thing I'd like to touch on regarding the new kind of lineup or the rejigged lineup and approach, Pleggy made a return. We've been calling for it. But it wasn't his finest hour, Mark, was it, at Ellen Road? It, he, um, especially that second goal, obviously, played himself into trouble, went off early in the second half. Not his best game in green. Oh, absolutely. He can do a lot better. I mean, he started off the game with a with a mistake which wasn't punished. Um, yeah, he. I think we're expecting a lot better with the with the vibes that we got at the start of the season and and everything associated with his signing. Um, but you know, you have to trust Shuey and what he's doing. Um, because he's preferred. Scar and Gibson predominantly or all season. Um, you know, despite Scar recently making those mistakes. Um it's hard to um imagine why why he's struggling so much. I don't know. I mean he got substituted, I mean, shortly mm-hmm. after he was in a came off second best um on a challenge with Somerville whether he was shaken or a little bit concussed from that, or he would have been substitute anyway to put him out of his misery. It's uh, it's going to be an interesting one to follow because um, he would have expected to do a lot better at this, at this club. You know, he came here from Holland, highly rated. Um, so he, he's another one. He just needs to, you know, find his, place in the team, get a settled run of form and go from there. But, you know, it, it's obvious that something isn't quite right there because, you know, Scar would normally have uh, struggled to make the team, you know, on the yeah. back of recent performances and mistakes, you know. So something's not quite right there with, with Pleggy at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And this block of games in between the last... Uh... Uh, international break. He's had, that was the first game he started yesterday. Um, first game he started, in fact, since Swansea, the defeat at Swansea at home, um, which I don't think any of us saw that coming. A barren spell for him, really, not seeing much game time at all. Um, yeah, who knows? A strange one. Moving on from a negative to a positive, Dan Scar, you know, I gave him a lot of grief last week or a fair amount of grief. He's had a sticky time of late. Ipswich and Middlesbrough especially Middlesbrough, that was, you know, it was hard to come back from, I think is what Chris and I said. And I think we need to give him heap praise on the guy. So I thought yesterday he did really, really well. Um, looked assured in a tough atmosphere, in a tough game, where things weren't going our own way. They really weren't going our own way in that first half. It was, um, you know, I think Alex said, it kind of had the feeling that it was going to become a cricket score, but he did well. And a really, really good pass 
to Luke Kundal, who sat up Ben Wayne. Alex, what are your thoughts on Dan Scar? Well, he, he got a good look at a nice long pass curling around the defender from deep against Ipswich the other day. So he must have, <laughs> he must have learned how to do them. Um, he, he's so much more comfortable in a three, isn't he? Uh, yeah. All of his shortcomings that get exposed when he's in a back two, when he's in a back three, he has that little bit more around him in terms of cover, in terms of the pace. If his positioning isn't quite right, then it's not such a disaster. And I think he also quite likes, he's one of those defenders who likes those type of games when I think you're under the cosh, you know, it's roll your sleeves up time. Let's really kind of go for it in the trenches type attitude. And he seems to thrive in that a bit. So yeah, it was good to see him do well. The pass, well, both parts of the goal, I'm sure we'll get onto, but the pass and the cross from um, Kundal, I thought both of those were as exactly as they needed to be you know they were both perfect mm. it was mm. it was put on a plate for Wayne but Scar great to see him in a back three I wonder now because going back to your previous point it looked as though Scar was gonna be dropped because of his mistakes and Plaguey may yep. come in then we play against Leeds which kind of helped Chewy out in a way a bit because it was probably more of a, a done deal that we were going to play a back three so he doesn't have to decide between the two of them he can play both of them I wonder what will happen now next time we go back to just two in the middle because he has that decision to make. Pleggy yesterday, like you say, say, didn't cover himself in glory at all. Dan Scar has been a bit um, nervy and there's been mistakes, but then yesterday he did a great job. So it will be interesting to see where we go from here with that, with that back line. Yeah, there's um, one more thing I'd like to pick you up on that you said, Alex. The changes. I mean, to be honest, I would actually argue that we improved after the substitutions. I, from memory, the start to the second half was all, all right. It felt like a bit slight continuation. But on the 57th minute, a double change came. And to me, that felt like a huge moment in the game. Shui went back to a four. We looked a lot more attacking, a lot more threatening. Chris, what are your thoughts on that? I think it was a great day for the manager. I really do. Um, you can't really what's the you can't compensate ahead of time for errors or the strength of the opposition but the whole game kind of worked in and around that and the changes seem to work I'm still convinced that he sent those individuals on with a message to be a little more aggressive as well because I think that helped as well as the change in formation um, mm-hmm. Before the game and after it, it's, you know, we've got a great manager. Yes, we do think we have, but I think yesterday really showed it. And I feel bad that any of us have ever doubted it. Like maybe there have been a few games where we might have done something different, but he really does know what he's doing because the quality of the opposition yesterday, it worked. It absolutely worked. And there was a clear plan to change the system, change the style of play. And fair play to him. And I, I think there was a lot of complimentary, you know, and they've got a very good manager, by the way, mm. who I'm convinced yeah. if he was in there last year, they'd be mid-table in the Premier League. So mm. two good managers. No, I, that's a good thing. No. Uh, yeah, a few points. I mean, to play devil's ad- advocate, I'm wary not to get too too excited when um, you start to play well at 2-0 down. Maybe that's cynical, but... It's leads, you know, they could take the foot off the gas at that point. 
However, you know, we've been on this pod, I've been on this pod, saying Shuey's made changes too late, or if he has, they haven't quite worked. I think that was, that was fair criticism this season, that is. However, Chris, you're definitely right. They worked almost instantaneously yesterday. And the change of system worked. And that was great to see, wasn't it? Because we saw it so much last season in League One. We talked about that starting and finishing kind of concept. And players would come on, subs would come on around the hour mark, and it would change the game. Derby springs to mind. Just, time just on that time though, again. Not, not only can I not blame the manager for the players' mistakes, he's openly admitted that players make mistakes. Like yep. it's going to happen at this level because of the quality of the opposition. Um, there was a couple of moments in the Chelsea City game today where I'm like, look, they're still doing it. And if anybody saw the Aston Villa game, Watkins miss of the year. Players miss goals. Teams make mistakes. Players make mistakes. I find it hard to ever think that's a manager's fault. No, absolutely. I mean, I, th- I think he's he's handled it really well in the press, as Shuey, those mistakes. Because, And you're right, Chris. You know, they're going to make mistakes. And I think you, know, you have to be careful as a fan not to go, you know, two-footed on them when they do. Having said that, October, November has been um, mistake-ridden, hasn't it? It, f- it feels ex- especially extreme in the last block of games. And Shuey... He can't. He must be frustrated. You must be, as a as a coach, Mark. When you're spending, you know, a week on the training ground, and you're you're seeing it every, every every weekend, mistake after mistake, a crucial mistake after crucial mistake. You know, it's um, yeah. I'm torn. I'm torn between Chris's kind of philosophical point of view and the hard fact of this reoccurring issue. Yeah, but I mean, he also mentions yeah, it's. It's we haven't got the standard of more more or less in these terms that we haven't got the standard of, of player yeah. that's not gonna be making regular mistakes. That's basically the way mm-hmm. that I interpret it. Yeah, and, you know, we did work on the last international break. We we came out and kept a clean sheet at the Hawthorns against West Brom, followed it up with a win um against Wednesday, another clean sheet. And so it can be done, but we rely on other teams not taking their chances more than anything. We, you know, it doesn't really, you know, Hazard was so good for us, and Cooper is obviously one of the best goalkeepers in in the league. Um, doesn't really matter who's in goal because he is exposed by the lack of um, mm. quality in the defence more often than not. You know, so you've got um, Kessler Hayden making, you know, probably at least four this season, four serious mistakes leading to a goal, you know, mm-hmm. without wanting to single out Scar. We've talked about a lot recently. Um, it happens, of course. And Scar showed the right reaction yesterday and put in a really good shift and set up a goal. Uh, brilliant to see, you know. Uh, we showed a lot of character to dig in yesterday. Re- really reacted well. I mean, Cooper... If Cooper doesn't make that save, definitely doesn't end 2-1, that's for sure. I think they might go on and, and get a few more, but that's all hypotheticals. Let's concentrate on the positives. Yeah. Alex, let's dive a little deeper on, into those substitutions. Joe Edwards and Ben Wayne. Uh, there's a lot to say about both of them. They're fairly eventful games, I would, I would argue. Would you like to um, touch on any of them? So with Ben Wayne... I think we really saw yesterday 
where his value is in that team because it was almost by not having somebody playing in that role all of a sudden you noticed that there was nobody there not that any of the guys across the front three did anything wrong but there was nobody occupying their defenders on the shoulder trying to push that line and pushing them back so that meant that there was no real space in between their defensive line and their midfield line as soon as Wayne came on even though it looks like he doesn't really get win the ball that much every time we pick the ball up in midfield he's always running the channel you see him he's he's always looking he's always hanging on the shoulder of a defender and what that does is that pushes their defenders back a bit and it occupies them and in doing that it opened up space for our midfielders and our wide players to carry the ball to bring it into dangerous areas that just wasn't happening before because they were getting shut down so it was really interesting to see that it's not so much you know what's the the magic that Ben Wayne has but just in knowing how to play that position and having somebody who does even if he might not have the you know 9 out of 10 10 out of 10 individual qualities that are going to win you matches with magic moments in a system as as Shuey has been saying as other people have been saying he does do a job and it's not until he's gone that you really notice perhaps the work he does do mm-hmm. so i think Ben Wayne apart from his goal goal aside he did show his worth to this team I still think there's improvement he's not going to score as 10 15 20 goals a season I don't think but I do think he did show us his value um Joe Edwards well you can't underestimate I don't think what a footballing brain can do and the will to win and it shows why he's the captain he came on, I think Chris is right, I think he came on with a job to do, I think he'd, he'd been told to go on, and I almost thought at the start of the game, I thought, Shuey's not going to sacrifice the way we play and everything that we work on week in, week out, but is this a game where we just need to come on and kick them a bit, to stop them doing what they did to us for half an hour? Joe Edwards came on and did that, and between Wayne improving the system and Joe Edwards' tenacity, and he got the Argyle fans going. He started to to make the Leeds players not want to go into the tackles quite as much. He was buzzing around all over the place. So in two different ways, they did come on and affect the game as individuals. I was impressed with the changes, mm-hmm. impressed with the individual performances of, of both of them. Yeah, Mark, let's um, we'll start with Ben. You've been a champion of his. Tom's n- not here this week, unfortunately. Uh, um, you, like the rest of the Green Army, must have been delighted to see him get that um, elusive league goal. Yeah, well done him. Um, let's hope he kicks on with New Zealand. He'll get some more minutes. Let's hope he scores a hatful mm. and uh, really boosts his confidence. You could see after he scored, you know, the the outpouring of emotion. It must have been real. Basically, you know, he's. All our strikers are injured, and he still he can't start the game. It must have been a real kick in the teeth for him. So to get that goal, good for him. You know, I really hope he pushes on from that and scores for the the All Whites and mm. and keeps on going. You know, is there is it, there has to be a player in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Our our scouting is not not that abject. So let's hope he, um, you know, a goal at Ellen Road against Leeds 
is not a bad thing to have on your CV. So you've got to no. keep on with this momentum. And, uh, you know, I like the body language after that goal, you know. He, he then won a header at the near, you know, went over the bar. He showed more presence. Goals can do that to strikers. So he's got to keep on, you know, putting in these performances and hope, you know, that he can kick on to another level. Good for him. Yeah, absolutely. Chris, you've been another one that's been championing Ben Wayne. You must have been relieved to see him hit the net. It's kind of more miserable, but also more positive than that at the same time. I wouldn't say I'm championing him. I'm just saying don't berate someone who comes on as a sub most of the time. Like, mm-hmm. if I've got some stats up, which I don't understand. Um, <laughs> dangerous territory. Dangerous territory. But he, he scored two against Palace, right, in the cup. Mm-hmm. And he's averaging a goal every 226 minutes in the league. Stick 90 minutes and two goals on that. He's not far off averaging a goal every 90 minutes. Like, if the amount of time on the pitch is not fair to judge whether he's good enough. Now, whether we can suppose the reason he's not on the pitch is he isn't good enough is a different conversation. But just accept him for what he is. I do think there was another world in which we're having a conversation, which was what a great call across the middle. There was no one there to get there. That's what he's there to do. Mm. And he did it well. It's again, Twitter's a cesspit, but oh yeah, but yeah, tap in from three yards. Well, you have to be there. Yeah. And that is his skill set, being on the end of he's a bit he is. He's a bit like a little uh, a little Jeffcott. Just up just hugely upgraded, some would argue. Um some would argue. Well, <laughs> yeah. That's for interpretation. Talk, go back to those subs. Joe Edwards. I think we're being a bit kind. He certainly came on and shook things up. I would argue he's lucky to be on the pitch after 10 minutes. He gets booked. And by some miracle, he's escaped a challenge where his studs have contacted the you know, ankle, just above the ankle of the Leeds player. He's clattered him. Borderline two-footer. Studs, as I said, above the ankle. At this point, he's pumped up as an understatement. Bull in a china shop is possibly more adequate. Um, I hear what Chris is saying. I hear what Chris is saying. He's, Shuey's probably thinking we need a bit of fight here. We're losing that battle. And he gets a, gets a green army going. However, if, you, if we're down to 10 men after 10 minutes, then it's all in vain, isn't it? Chris, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, one thing our team has is a structure and a plan. And I think you might not be saying this, but the implication is he was quite excited and ran around like a lunatic. I think he was told, get on. If there's a yellow card here, and if you get one, so be it. <laughs> but show them that we're not going to be walked over. I don't think it was a coincidence their two best players went off not long after. To your point, play the game. They're 2-0 up. I don't want two twenty million pound, £30 million players getting chopped down. I think... And there's a bigger conversation, happy to have it, around overanalyzing whether it was could have been two feet, where was his standing leg. He was just he was just making himself known. And I think yeah, if I he'd got booked for the first one, he wouldn't have done the second one. I think it was part of a mm. broader p- piece of, we've got two things we can do here. We can change our system and we can really, really get into them. Yeah, yeah we look, basically th- were 56 minutes, Archie, and we haven't laid a glove on them. You know, and they were pushing it around like Brazil. And 
it, the game was only going in one direction. So, thankfully, we have a coach who wanted to try something different, and that meant putting on the club captain for a bit of bite and a bit of enthusiasm and biting of ankles, and it and it worked. Else, we would have lost that game five or six one, and everyone would have said, "Well, where were the changes, please?" So, well done him. Yeah, possibly. I, I sense we're in slight danger of um, resulting. I stand by if we, you know, we often say in this pod, if we replayed last season, what would have happened? I think if we replayed those 10 minutes, you know, 10 times. I think the high, chances of him getting a red card are high. Um, and I think we need to be honest about referees. They did protest. The captain did. Pro- no, they did. They, no, they did. Cooper. What, Coop, Cooper protested to the referee and made made it quite clear what he thought. I think Edwards was lucky that it was in run right in front of the um, Green Army, which helps a lot. Um, but I think we need to be fair in our analysis of referees. We went nuts at, um, after Portman Road when we thought um, Mustafa should have got a pen. Who knows? I haven't seen it a hundred times. I still don't know. I think it's fair to say Joe Edwards not getting booked it was a minor miracle yesterday. Um, but yeah, I don't want to make it too big of a deal of it. But having watched watched the watching it live, those ten minutes, I remember thinking you need to calm down here because it's getting to the point where you want to get yourself sent off. To be fair, he got a yellow for stupid, stupid <laughs> piggyback of a t- tackle trying to pull someone back, and he got a yellow. And after that, he did calm down. So to Chris has Chris has got a point. If he got a yellow for that, um, you know, studs up challenge, does the rest happen? Probably not. But um, Whitt- Whittaker got a yellow. Like the whole tone of the performance changed. I don't. Yeah, Whittaker's challenge. Was of... also, Whittaker's challenge was also poor, and he he immediately put his hands up. I think we need to call it out for what it is. Yeah, but it was the difference to others. To me, is that it happened before what seemed outside of the context of a game plan. They were just stupid fouls. Whereas this seemed change the position, change the style. Yeah, I mean, we've certainly seen in this block of games a lot more cynical fouls. That I would argue they would go into reckless category, not cynical. Cynical's pullbacks, you know, and a bit of a tug of the shirt, stopping a breakaway. That was um, Edwards. That was not cynical. And and Ed, and Morgan, in fairness to him, put his hands up immediately after that attack. He knew that was poor. And it plays into this point that's been on my mind about perception. You know, I've given Mikel Miller a really hard time saying he's a bit of a liability in, ter- in defensively. I think he is sometimes, although I actually think he's had a pretty good set of games. Obviously, he was suspended yesterday due to that um, defensive liability. Um, but if Mikel Miller's having that 10 minutes that Joe Edwards is having, I don't think we're on this pod um, saying that's exactly what we needed. He was sent on to do that. You know, great leadership. I just don't think we're saying that. I think we're calling him a liability, and I'm probably at the front of that pack calling him that, you know? Um, and that's what makes me question not just our analysis, but as a fan base, you know? Why do we get so excited about Joe Edwards putting in a really dodgy tackle? Because it was poor, in my opinion, you know? It's just. And Mikel Miller gets, you know, lambasted for it. Mark, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, only to repeat what I said before, it, it definitely wasn't a red card. It was possibly a yellow. Yeah, he showed a bit of uh, enthusiasm. Let's get on with the game and try and get back into the game. It wasn't a red card. Not even the Leeds players thought it was a red card. They were complaining possibly that he didn't get booked for it. 
I don't know if it was a red. I think it was definitely a bookend. But yeah, moving on from that, I because I'm, I'm quite happy Edwards didn't get sent off. The, the idea of that idea of perception, though, you know, how would we be analysing that if it was Mikhail Miller, for example? What would your what would your response be then, Mark? If he had made that tackle, I'd say he's been like Chris has mentioned. He'd been sent on to give them a, a message that we're not going to take this defeat, which is pending we're not going to take it lying down and they can expect some challenges going in you know we're not going to lie on the lie on our backs and have our tummies tickled for the next half hour they were sent on with that message so there's there's not a story here archie perhaps i'll get perhaps i'll have more luck in chicago i think you're missing some context for for these comparison you're making joe edwards has come on and he's trying to change the game by playing with that approach and mentality. And he did He changed the way that Leeds played. He changed the way that we played. He's the captain. He's the role model on the pitch for others. And it worked. Mikel Miller is perhaps making those silly tackles at times when the game is still in the balance. The game wasn't in the balance yesterday. We were getting beaten and although we were coming back into the game more, we were in danger of getting beaten by more than we than two goals. So something had to happen. Something had to change. And the the management's decision and Joe's decision was to go on and play in that way. Mikel Miller is doing it at times when the game is even. And 11 v 11 is really important. And he can be a danger and a threat going forwards. So I think the context of Joe coming, Joe's not starting a, a game at nil-nil and doing that. He's not tearing around like a lunatic, chopping people in half in the first minute. It's it's very specifically planned and executed rather than just somebody losing their head and losing their cool. I think there's a difference. And Archie, just to, just to throw you a bone, although I still disagree, I'll fully admit there's a part of me that, likes misses those kind of tackles being a more regular thing in football i'm not saying trying to hurt people but maybe i am a little biased that it felt like you were shifting the momentum of the game and i think that's gone i think the higher up in football you go the harder that is to do right you know i'm not saying we should all go vinnie jones but i do think that their physical side of things is disappearing from the game, and, and maybe that is prejudicing my opinion. That deep down, yeah, yeah, it was a it was a bit of a dodgy tackle. Maybe get a yellow card, but it's a part of me that wishes there was a few more of them in the game. Yeah, yeah, I'll um, I'll, I'll move the conversation beyond beyond Joe because I sense I'm losing I'm losing this battle. Although I do stand by it that that was minimum uh, a yellow. But uh, we move on. We move on. However, I would like to stay with that that topic of perception. Um, Bali Mumba, I think he's another one that falls into this category, not to do with you know dodgy tackles, although he's got it in him. I thought he had a good game against the Leeds. Reasonably good game. He moves around a lot. Such a versatile player. So a dream for Shui, I'd imagine, when he's making those changes on the hour mark to have a piece like Bali to move around and he can kind of slot in anywhere. He's another one where I think we give a bit of flack to you know Morgan Whitaker probably not his best game yesterday 
dodgy tackle on the hour mark, as I mentioned, got a yellow card. There's no mention of it, as I can see. But Bali Mumba, again, online, you're reading negativity. This whole international, or the whole this whole set of games, it's the last international break, and you know, scores against Middlesbrough and goes over to the Argyle fans and cups his ears. That's to me, that's not a good sign. I'm not having a go, but I, I can understand why he's doing. I'll probably be doing something similar. But this idea that we we seem to have double standards, and maybe I'm on, maybe I'm talking nonsense here, but I think Bali's doing all right at the moment. Anyone want to fight Bali's case? Maybe his um, the worst thing he did for himself in terms of this scoring that beautiful goal on the first day of the season. And then everybody thinks, oh, he's just going to carry on like he did last season, breezing mm. through defences and scoring worldies every week. I think we need mm. to realise that although we got a bargain for a million quid, a million quid in the championship doesn't buy you a top-tier scoring goals every game player. It's par for the course, a million quid in this division. So while for us it's really big, and while for us he's a key player, when you start putting him up against all these other million quid, two million quid, 36 million quid players, He's not going to be having 10 out of 10 games every week. I think he's doing absolutely fine. He's doing just as well as a player who is playing his first full season in the championship should be. I'm really happy mm. with him. I think he's progressing. I think he has his good moments and he has his not so good moments, but I think he's doing fine. Yeah. Mark, I, Mark I've sent some progression in Bali in this block of games. Would you agree? Absolutely. But that going back to Alex, that goal against Huddersfield, you know, raised expectations which which cannot be kept um you know you need a bit of luck as a footballer as well he could have easily could have easily got a penalty yesterday mm. yeah and everyone was saying you know look at bali he's back to his best we were sat here criticizing finazaz and he's been our best player in recent in recent games so yeah Needs to be a little bit of uh, perspective always, and the, the young players, the young players are going to make mistakes. Footballers do need a very thick skin. Um, fans, even Argo fans, are very fickle. Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. So, yeah, it, it, you know, I can understand his frustration. You know, you know that you know he can hear things from the terraces. Um, we do. As Argyle fans, we're not used to spending a million British pounds on a on mm. a player. You know, we do that goal against Huddersfield. Such was the the quality of it. You know, it raised expectations beyond beyond anything achievable in the in the short term. I mean, look at Morgan Whitaker. You know, he went missing for a, a few games. You know, but got to give got to be patient. This season's all going to be about um, staying in the championship. And that five-year plan does not involve relegation to League One. If the five-year plan's over five seasons, right? Again, I'm doing some maths, so watch out. That's like, well, it's definitely over 200 games, probably over 225 games, right? If you look at it as a five-year journey, we're at the very, very start of it, right? With low resources much of a team that got promoted from last year. That was a great performance in that context yesterday, wasn't it? Like, isn't the plan that in two or three years' time with the right actions and sell a good player, potentially get some investment, it would be a very different game? Like, I think part of the... I'm not saying this is the reason for talking about the five-year plan, but if you look at it through that context, we are 
you know, in the very, very, very early stages of it. And the top end of that, right, the absolute ambition of that is to get close to the top six. So I think mm-hmm. we should be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, to, to kind of build on that, and this, we'll probably leave things on this, no pressure. Uh, I don't know if Shuey or Argyle have had enough credit from us or the fan base this season for just how well we've played. And I was sitting there yesterday watching second half especially. Again, I'm, I'm careful not to get too carried away. We were 2-0 down in the second half. You know, it's easy to play well then. But we were playing well. Stick to the facts. We were playing well. We played well this whole set of games. And I don't know if we're getting enough credit for how well we're playing and the style of football that we're playing. And you see the speed of which where we're breaking from front to back and some of the attacking transitions against Middlesbrough last week. I don't know. If the, I don't think we're given enough recognition towards it. And there's been a bit of a myth, I think, that, you know, we've been playing beautiful football for years. You know, Ryan Lowe came in and flattered to deceive at first. Let's have it right. That season in League Two was not champagne football. We tried it for eight games and binned it off, essentially. And we've played good football since, under Lowe, admittedly, and under But I don't know if it's ever been quite what we've made it out to be, if I'm being brutally honest. It's been good football. Good football. And last season, Shui was incredibly, incredibly adapt and changing systems. It was fantastic. But this season, I've seen football like I've never seen from Plymouth Argyle ever. And I think that needs to be um, a, a light needs to be shined on that achievement. It's a hell of an achievement. And that attacking prowess that we hold is it's just fun. It's incredible. It's fun well, it, to watch. It is. And assuming we look back in two years' time, three years' time, and we're still in the championship, which I think we will be, we'll look at it and go, well, no wonder we were struggling. We let in like two or three goals a game. Like, I think it is kind of that simple. We've got a lot of attacking flair. We've got a great coach. We've got a brilliant goalkeeper. But we've got a number of players that are not bad, but the sum total of them is probably the position we're in in the league. Like, yeah. think of it in a structured way. I'm sure we'll look back and say, Dan Scar is an absolute legend and a hero, but he is going to have to play at the top of his game every single day. In a few years' time, we might have a slightly better team that is comfortably mid-table, and then we should be a bit more disappointed if we lose 2-1 at Leeds. No. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with you, by the way. I agree with you. And again, we've said it every week, but just as a fan of the team and the sport that I love, it's brilliant. Mark? Have you got anything to say? Yeah, I mean, just to check that we're still third, joint third top scorers in the uh, championship, which is great. Yeah, you've waxed lyrical about the the attacking prowess of our side. Unfortunately, someone has to has to be the the guy that says, mm, "Yeah, but it's not." I mean, we need to keep a few more clean sheets, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty simple, you know. We need to grind out a few one-nil wins. Absolutely. Is that possible though with our with our team? Though we'll have to see, you know. But we have to trust in Shuey and and all the all the coaches. It's very good to watch. It's very good to watch. You know? And and in and in Tom's ab- Tom's absence, like his points early in the season feel more and more valid every game. You've got to you've got to go out to try and win 
yes, you need to be disappointed when you don't get results against teams that are average, especially when you see the quality of the really good ones. But I do think Tom has made a very, very good point that we've got to go all out and we've got to try and win games because that's what we're good at. We are good at scoring goals. And I'm more inclined to agree with him every game we watch. And that's where we'll leave things for part one. We'll be back with you shortly for a quiz in the second and final part. You can go on with your quiz. All right, welcome back to part two. To finish things off this week, we'll be having a quiz and quiz master duties this week falls to Alex Hind in Chicago. Over to you, Alex. Thanks, Archie. Okay, this week we are we're moving away from Plymouth Argyle. We're moving away from the Championship. This one embraces Ooh, the whole of the, the whole of the football what is it? league. The whole of the football famous league, the Barbies. The, the fo- almost the whole of the EFL. Um, how good are you on your club mascots? <laughs> See, I, I I was worried about what Mark would say about this one because he's one of us here out of the four that actually know something about Plymouth Argyle and the players and the history. So um, I thought I'd give somebody else a chance by just having a bit of a novelty one. So what I'll do is it's very this simple. Is got, this is this has got international break all over it. I love it, Alex. Let's go. Well, we're trying to widen the appeal, right? So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got a big Bradford City following now. I hear after the Derek pods. So uh, <laughs> trying to bring everybody in. Um, smallest club inside Hit House, Hit Hole, one of those two, was it? Um, I'll say the name of a, an EFL mascot, and it's the first person oh, to shout out the club that they belong to. Oh, that's a good way around. I like that. Okay, yeah. it's to be yeah. the other way around. Oh, no, no. Oh. Now, I have to admit, when I came up with this idea in the car, I thought, I really hope there's a Wikipedia article that just lists all of the football league um mascots. And there's actually a foot, there's actually a Wikipedia article that lists all of the association football mascots for every professional league in the world. I can't vouch oh. for these, so I don't know how current they are, but they have been mascots at some point, according to this. So blame it, blame it. Let's just get on with it, shall we? Okay, we'll start off with a nice, easy one. Bartley Bluebird. Cardiff. Cardiff. Point to Archie. Cardiff City. You're going to have to keep your own scores here because I don't, I, I don't have the means to do that. Right. What, a pen? <laughs> where, where, where are you doing this from? No, I meant a brain, actually. Oh, okay. Um, Bloomfield Bear. Blackpool. Bloomfield Road. Point for Mark Lovell. Um, Billy the Badger. <laughs> is it non-league clubs as well not county no it's not like county, but you're on the right lines there with the with the colors grimsby no no we'll give you one guess each newcastle oh, black and black and white no come on come on black and white who else you got juventus sorry <clears throat> move away from stripes not. Don't get fixated on strike. Black, and, black or white? Port Vale? No. Black or white? Black and white, not stripes. Black. What's... what's what? White. 
Okay, I'm gonna call time on this one. It's Fulham. Oh, never got that. Fulham. Could have, they could have had Michael Jackson. Be much better. Have Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah, that's back. what I was thinking. Um, Captain Blade. Sheffield United. Oh. Mark Lovell. Point for Mark Lovell. Okay. Um, Changi the Elephant. Leicester. No. What's his first name? What was his name? Was that Everton? Changi. Yeah, Everton. Yep, correct. Everton. Is he called Changi? Changi the Elephant. It's a because of the beer. Yeah. The Chang, Chang yeah. beer. Yeah. yeah. The beer company. Um. Christy the cat. Sunderland. Sunderland. Oh, that's, no. that was um, This is a tough one. I'll be surprised if anyone gets this one. Relevant yeah, to the pod. Millwall. To the pod, Millwall. Leeds. No, no it's Morecambe FC. Ah. Mm. Oh. Okay. Um, I'll go. I'll go with another easy one. Donny Dog. Doncaster. Correct. Doncaster. <laughs> Who's that? VAR. Is there an echo in here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gilbert the Gull, non-league. Torquay. Yeah. Torquay. Yeah. Happy Harry and Happy Hattie. Luton. I've seen that. Luton. I've seen that. Luton. Mark Lovell oh. is also good at this oh, quiz. <laughs> okay, I'll do Echo a couple more. I'll do, I'll do a couple more, then we can call it a day. Marvin <laughs> the Moose. Mansfield? No. Moose? Is it a moose, like, or is he like an angel delight? <laughs> I think it's um, the animal, moose. It's a tough one. Don't know. Mansfield? Don't know. Cambridge City. Oh. Cambridge United, City. sorry. Cambridge United. Sorry. All right, sorry. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Um Rami and Yui. Darby. Darby. Oh that was a, I no. think that was a, a, a point each for uh for Mark and Chris there. Um uh, we'll finish off with Oh, who should we finish off with? Oh, Swifty. Patrick Thistle? No. We're not doing Scotland, are we? <laughs> oh think of the badge. Yeah, I can Swift. picture it. Swift. Don't know who it is. Swift seat, Swift. We're going to talk about one of their ex-players today, probably. Swift. Need more help than that. And his superb and his superb pass that led to a goal. Newport. Okay. Condor. Birmingham City. Scott. Birmingham City. Walsall. Wasn't Scar? Wasn't Scar? Walsall. Yeah. They got Swift on the badge. There we go. Archie finishing. Archie, like Argyle, finishing strong, even though he didn't get the victory. (laughs) We'll be we'll be back with you very soon. Until then, take it easy. Thanks for listening. Although I might not be after that quiz. I've got, I've got a slight delay at times on my, on my, uh, and that adds comedy to it because Mark says it and then you shout it out in earnest about two seconds later. Are you on Mrs. Archie's laptop again? <laughs>